Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. Scientists used to believe that all of our emotions originated in the brain, but new research shows it may actually come from the gut. This is why when you hear bad news, the first place you feel it is in your gut. This is where the term gut-wrenching news comes from. If you're afraid of heights and you look out of a high-rise building window, you immediately feel it in your gut. Emerging research also shows our gut may help in our decision-making, hence the term trust your gut. In addition, 70% of our immune system comes from our digestive tract. Today we have with us returning guest, Dr. Vincent Pedre, author of Happy Gut. And we're going to be discussing the mind-gut connection and how the digestive system could be our main focus. That's if we want to prevent and combat disease, focus on the gut. Don't go anywhere. I have a gut feeling you're going to learn something really great today. And it all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman. Changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is the medical director of Pedre Integrative Health and founder of Dr. Pedre Wellness in New York. He serves as the chief medical officer of United Naturals and is a certified yoga and medical acupuncturist. He appears regularly in the media, including the Martha Stewart Show, The Early Show, ABC's Healthy Living, and The Functional Forum, just to name a few. He believes the gut is the gateway towards excellent wellness. For this reason, he wrote the best-selling book, Happy Gut, the cleansing program to help you lose weight, gain energy, and eliminate pain. It's been recently revised with new gut-healthy recipes. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Vincent Pedre. It's a pleasure to be back. Thank you. Oh, it's great to have you back. And I truly believe the future of medicine will be primarily focused on the gut. So I'm so excited to have you on here. You know, you use the word happy in front of gut in the title of your book. Happiness, that's an emotion. Share with us how our gut can feel happy and why do so many people have sad guts? Oh, wow. I mean, there's a saying in Spanish that says, I'll say it in Spanish and then translate, barriga llena, corazón contento, which basically means full belly, happy heart. And that's something that in Latin families, they would say about kids, you know, if the kids are getting rowdy, I'm like, oh, they're probably hungry, let's feed them, then they'll be happy. But the truth is that the majority of your serotonin, uh, over 90% of the serotonin, which is your happiness molecule, is produced in your gut. And the gut has receptors for serotonin in the same way that the brain has receptors for serotonin. In these special cells that line the gut, they only make about uh, 2% of the gut, the enteroendocrine cells that act sort of like um, endocrine uh, glands in a way, but they're, they're individual, but they are communicating with the rest of the body. And we also know that when you disrupt the gut microbiome, which itself is producing neurotransmitters of all different types, that it can affect your mood, it can cause anxiety, it can lead to depression. Um, and there's a lot of connections between the health of the gut, the health of the gut border, and the health of the blood-brain barrier, and how when the gut border is inflamed, the blood-brain barrier will become leaky, and that makes your brain susceptible to getting exposed to a lot of things that you might be coming in contact with the outside world that normally would be protected from the brain that then can lead to brain inflammation that, um, that leads to things that people feel like you might not know your brain is inflamed, but you will know that you are feeling depressed. 
And a depressed brain is a brain on fire. Right. Interesting. You know, as I shared last time you were on the show, three years ago, I ended up with severe colitis after drinking a chemical DuPont dumped in my city's water supply. And I saw firsthand, Doc, how it affected my brain. I couldn't remember my phone number, social security number. I even forgot the name of my office manager of 17 years. And I'm curious, I didn't ask you last time, has there been any studies showing a connection to dementia and maybe Alzheimer's disease to an unhealthy gut? There's a lot of evolving in that field because uh, when you look at, for example, the work of uh, Dr. Betterson, who um, has developed the whole protocol for reversing dementia, part of that protocol has to do with healing the gut. And again, we know because when you have leaky gut and the gut allows um, things to get through that shouldn't get through, so it's kind of like our border patrol. So imagine the border patrol becomes a little bit lax and so then things like endotoxin from gram-negative bacteria in the large intestine, more of that can get through. It's also, people might hear it as endotoxin, they might hear it as LPS. I know this is really heavy scientific talk, but basically what you need to know is that when endotoxin gets through into the circulation, it can bind to certain receptors that activate the inflammatory response at the gene level. So it does this with immune cells, but guess what? That endotoxin can cross the blood-brain barrier really easily, and there happen to be receptors for endotoxin in the hypothalamus, which is your master control center, which is also in charge of memory and learning. So when your hypothalamus gets inflamed and goes on fire, then things like word-finding difficulties, remembering why you just came into a room, you know, so you start seeing stuff like that develop so in my opinion, any patient that has brain issues, you need to also be looking at the gut and working on gut health and making sure that the gut barrier is intact. Yeah, I think the future is going to show so much. I think this is so new. So I, I think that you're really onto something with this. You keep using the word leaky gut. Share with the listeners. And by the, by the what way, is, I want to... Can I, can I make yeah. another connection yeah, sure. just between, you know, because I think this is really important also because it relates to Parkinson's disease. So uh, people might have heard of the vagus nerve. Vagus nerve is one of the biggest nerves in the body. It uh, runs from the brain all the way down and innervates most of the organs. It innervates most of the digestive system. What they may not know is that 60 to 70% of the neurons inside the vagus nerve are pointing up from the gut to the brain. So again, when you started your intro, you were talking about gut intuition, gut instinct, like listen to your gut. Well, guess what? Your gut is sending signals up to your brain and chemicals can travel up that way. And that's one of the theories that certain microbiome disturbances can be the um, kind of the, the catalyst for diseases like Parkinson's. Uh, by certain bacteria sending uh, neurotoxins up through the vagus, and it can take a really long time, like years, for it to finally travel all the way up to the brain um, and eventually cause the damage that we see in the brain's patients with uh, Parkinson's disease. But those very neurons also respond to serotonin. And so serotonin being made in the, brain, in the gut is going to send a signal up to the brain and it's going to by doing that modify certain types of neurotransmitters that are released in the brain such as GABA which is which is kind of like that neurotransmitter that helps you take a big sigh 
it's like, ah, like it relaxes everything. Um, so yeah, I just want, it, I came to mind. I wanted to point that out because I think it's, it's really important connection to understand that when we talk about the gut brain connection, it's not like one is separate from the other. There's actually a direct line of communication between the two of them. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We talk about, you know, gut-wrenching news and all these things that we've been using for decades. And I thought of something as you're talking, you know, if if the a lot of our personality comes from our guts, when we were younger and said, I hate your guts, we meant that literally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? <yeah. laughs> so interesting. How that, talk to us about that leaky gut. Is that like, to share with the listeners, is it like a little hole in a tire where air comes out? Or is, is it, what actually is leaky gut and how do we keep from having it? Yeah, I, I, the analogy that I like to use, uh, which I think everybody can visualize a coffee filter and imagine it's full of coffee grounds and you're having a pour over coffee. So the hot water is coming in, pouring over the coffee grinds. And on the other side, you get this beautiful, dark brown coffee infused water. Now, you don't want coffee grains in that water, right? You just want to drink the essence of the coffee. Well, imagine that your gut lining is that coffee filter and the food that you eat and you're digesting is those coffee grounds. Now, let me take that coffee filter and I'm going to have with a needle, I'm going to poke a whole bunch of fine little holes in it. And then I'm going to pour the water over. And now that the coffee grounds are in there, but now there's all these little holes in the coffee filter. So when I pour the water over and it starts coming through that barrier, what's going to happen? you're gonna get coffee grounds on the other side. So that in a very simplistic way is a way that I, I help people visualize what is leaky gut. It's basically your gut is becoming more permeable and it's allowing bigger molecules to get through that otherwise would never get through a healthy gut lining. Yeah, great analogy. Now, you bring up coffee. I'm curious. That's a real controversial topic for the gut. Uh, some say it's uh, great and it reduces uh, risk of colon cancer. Some say stay away. What's your opinion? Are you a Java fan? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, if you look at my program, it's actually I tell people to come off of coffee because it does bog down your liver detox enzymes. And because my cleanse is not only a gut cleanse, but just kind of a general cleanse. I do right. take coffee away, but if we're talking about mind-gut connection, there's a lot of studies showing that coffee does improve brain function, and it helps even people with mild dementia. It can help improve memory. Uh, the thing is, you, there's so many studies on coffee, pros, cons. Coffee can do a lot of different things. Right. Coffee, too much coffee can trigger insulin secretion from the pancreas. And if you get too much insulin, that's going to make you start putting fat on in the middle. And we know that when you're heavy in the middle, that also causes inflammation. So then your body's inflamed, right. it's obese, that's not good for your brain. So long story short, what I say, if you like coffee, coffee in moderation, not three, four cups of espresso a day, you know, coffee in moderation, there are benefits. But personally, I'm not a coffee drinker, I will drink green tea. Um, and green tea has really great anti-cancer properties, antioxidant that is really good for the liver and helps with phase one and phase two liver detoxification. Uh, so I'm more of a proponent for green tea. Uh, but there are studies showing benefits in dementia and, and brain function with coffee and, and green, green, coffee, uh, green coffee bean extract 
as something that helps promote the secretion of brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which we need right. in order to create learning and memory. True, true. What's your opinion on uh, alcohol and gut health? We had an expert on the show that said alcohol is off-limits except for tequila, which contains probiotics, so go ahead and drink it. That gets the green light. What's your take on alcohol? Is, should, should, is this true? Can we enjoy tequila? Look, alcohol is out in anyone who's doing a gut cleanse. And again, it's bogging down your liver enzymes. It's in, it's going to mess up your gut. There's a much higher incidence of rosacea in patients who drink alcohol. Um, and wine itself has sugar, right? Right. So, right. and sugar is the, is the source of all evil for the, for the body. It's the, it's the source of chronic disease. But I do agree that if you're going to have something of really clean alcohol, like a tequila or a vodka, uh, but not mixed, you know, on the rocks with lime, like right. really natural, no added sugars, no agave. Because again, uh, when you start throwing in those things and it starts uh, becoming even less beneficial for you. But look, we're all human. Everybody would like to have a drink from once in a while. And honestly, a tequila is probably the easiest for the body to metabolize and it's going to have the lowest sugar impact. Right. What about foods? What do you recommend we stay away from and what should we add more of? There's so much controversy about that. What's the best gut in general? I know it's, it's a multifaceted, but if you had one sentence, is it more plant-based? Yeah. I mean, and we're talking brain health yeah. too, right? Yeah. So, uh, so you want to you wanna really watch the wheat because wheat gets uh, converted into these gluteomorphins, which are morphing like substances that, I mean, if you've ever eaten a sandwich, anybody who's listening, you've eaten a sandwich and you feel nice and full in about 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes after while you're digesting, suddenly you feel like this wave of sleep, like you can't keep your eyes open. Or say you have a big bowl of pasta or you, or you have uh, pizza and then you just want to fall asleep. Well, that's the effect of wheat. Um, same thing with dairy. Um, you do get morphing-like metabolites from dairy. And the, thing, the fact of the matter is that depending on the population, it could be more than 50%, 70%, even 90%. Like 90% of Asians are lactose intolerant. Um, African-Americans are between 80 90% lactose intolerant. So we really shouldn't be having dairy. It's going to upset your gut. It's going to increase gut permeability, and it's also going to affect your brain function. Yeah, interesting. So when it comes to specific diet, do you follow? Are you a paleo, keto, vegan? What 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 type of diet do you follow? I, I'm gonna say I'm a I'm 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 like a paleo plant based, but with okay. flexibility. You know, I'm not I'm 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 really orthodox about avoiding gluten because I've through years of experimentation, and this is what really got me passionate into this, is when I figured out that gluten was an issue for me and I took gluten out of my diet, my energy level doubled. And you know, being a practitioner and working, you know, back then I was working 12 hour days and around three, 4 p.m. in the afternoon, I was struggling to get those last few hours of the day um, and especially if I had a sandwich for lunch, you know, I wasn't making the connection. So I took gluten out of the diet and I felt so much better and so much more mentally clear. And, and really because the, the last patient of the day doesn't know 
you know, that you're tired. They want you to be as fresh as the first patient of the day. So my goal was always, well, how can I optimize my performance? And in part of that, I figured out gluten was an issue. So there's, there's no gluten actually been much stricter with that in the last couple of years because I just feel like it's not even worth paying the price. Uh, dairy is seasonal for me, so I'll, I love cheese. So I just told everyone, you know, avoid dairy. But look, I've got a guilty pleasure. I love cheese. But I will only eat cheese during the summer months when I don't have to worry about viruses. I don't have to worry about flus. I don't have to worry about, well, this year was, forget about it, pandemic. Uh, and, and I don't have to worry about spring allergies uh, because I found that dairy increases for myself and for many people increases the likelihood that you're going to be even more reactive when those flowers start blooming in the spring. And I did this over multiple years where I started experimenting and saying, okay, what if I eat cheese, but I stop eating cheese in February, right? A month before spring. And I still had symptoms. Well, what if I stopped eating in January? I still had some symptoms. How about December? And then I just kept pulling it back and eventually it became like, I'm not going to have dairy at all after the summer. And I had no allergy symptoms whatsoever. I didn't get sick as often because dairy is going to weaken your immune system as well. It makes, increases your, your mucus production. So I follow an intuitive diet that has paleo-like principles it's plant-based, but it's not vegetarian. I do eat humanely sourced meats uh, because for me, I just have experimented going on all extremes, vegetarian, pescatarian, uh, meat-eating, not meat-eating. And I found I feel best when I have some animal protein in my diet, but I, I'm eating a lot of greens, fermented foods, sauerkraut, uh, coconut yogurt, you know, things like that, lots of uh, berries and garlic, onions, things that have prebiotics that help feed the good bacteria in the gut. Uh, because again, we're, we're talking about the gut, but really when we're talking about the gut, we're actually helping every organ in the body, including the brain. So true. Awesome. Uh, I want to mention you, you offer a line of happy gut nutritional products. I take your probiotics every day and your digestive enzymes really feel a difference with so much garbage supplements on the market. Share with the listeners why happy gut products are the go-to when it comes to quality. Well, we, we don't skimp on quality and, um, you know, through my research and years of experience working with patients, I refined a program that, um, uses really high-quality supplements. We only work with companies that produce high-grade supplements. They surpass uh, GMP standards, FDA GMP standards. Uh, and um, a lot of thought has gone into what I've put together based on, especially my programs. Uh, they're all based on the work I've done for myself, but also for hundreds and hundreds of patients over more than a decade of dealing with gut health issues. And, and I know we have a special offer for your listeners. 
Yeah, I want to mention that. You're making a great offer for the listeners that want to try the Happy Gut line of products. And uh, you're offering a 20% discount on their first order. And I'll give you that website. It's uh, happygutlife.com. And you just click shop and type in the promo code FRIEDMAN20 for your 20% off. And let me tell you, if you're a regular listener on this show, you know how rare it is for me to endorse a product. In fact, I've hosted over 1,000 shows in 25 years. I can count on one hand how many times I've endorsed a guest product, and now that includes Dr. Pedre's Happy Gut products. I'm a big fan. Go to happygutlife.com and type in promo code FRIEDMAN20 and get your 20% discounts. Great stuff. One thing I want to bring up, you know, when we talked last time about Hippocrates, the father of medicine that said all disease begins in the gut, I'm curious, if you had to pick the number one disease that is most related to an unhealthy gut, what would you pick? Oh geez, um, I'm I'm gonna call it so. Uh, instead of saying a disease, I'm gonna call it a condition, and that condition is dysbiosis, which is basically an imbalance of that very delicate ecosystem that lives inside of us that encompasses a 500 to a thousand species of different bacteria that are maybe about 10 to 15% bad, but most of them are good. And they're working to keep us alive. I mean, without them, we would not be able to have health. So it's that, it's that balance that is really important. And I think the, the, the most common thing that we find in patients is a dysbiosis, which is an imbalance of that gut microbiome where there's too many bad bugs and not enough good ones. Right. And it can really lead to all types. I've seen a gut being an issue for arthritis. I've seen it with uh, people that are prone to skin conditions, eczema. I mean, it really is. A diet is so important. Talk to us about spicy foods. I know there was once a believed that they irritate the colon and cause ulcers, but now research shows hot peppers are actually healthy for the gut. What's your views on red hot chili peppers, good or bad? <laughs> The one thing, uh, the one thing that they do can increase the risk for, and uh, because I was just researching this for our blog post for this week, the one thing that they do increase the risk for is rosacea. So they do, in some people, can cause uh, some problems with the gut. Uh, but I have to say that another one of my guilty pleasures is having something spicy, spicy peppers. And when I was having a lot of gut issues, um, I was having acid reflux and stuff. I could not tolerate anything spicy. And once I healed my gut, and this is without medication, because I'm sure a lot of people out there listening, probably taking some sort of over-the-counter antacid or some prescribed anti-acid medication. Once I healed my gut, I could enjoy spicy foods and not have any problems. So it all comes back to having a balanced gut. Makes sense. And you can crank on the red hot chili peppers and at least listen to those if you do have gut issues and can't eat them. Right? You still can enjoy a little red hot chili. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> hey, in the two minutes we have left, is there anything else that you know, relating to gut health or brain health that we didn't cover that you'd like to share? Well, you kind of mentioned the, the importance of the gut in terms of the immune system, but uh, for people may not realize that 70% of your immune system is all along the gut lining and to kind of keep it relevant to what's happening today, they found uh, there was a study that looked at leaky gut and inflammation relating to the gut and how that predisposed people to hospitalization with COVID-19. 
and there was a higher risk of getting hospitalized if a person had leaky gut and, and gut inflammation. So the gut is the key. It is the gateway to your immune system. So if you want to have a strong immune system, you need to begin with the gut. Fantastic. Well said. Thanks again for being on the show. As I said, I'm a big fan of your work. Always look forward to all your daily social media posts. So keep that up so I can stay in touch with you every day and learn. I always take good notes with you. Thank you for being here. The book is called Happy Gut, the cleansing program to help you lose weight, gain energy, and eliminate pain. To get your copy, go to happygutlife.com. And while there, be sure and check out Dr. Pedre's Happy Gut Supplements. As I mentioned, if you type in Friedman20 promo code, you get 20 20% off your first order. That's happygutlife.com, promo code FRIEDMAN20. You can follow Dr. Pedre on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Pedre on Facebook, Dr. Vincent Pedre. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Dr. David Friedman. On Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard Dr. Pedre share something today that could benefit somebody you know, send them a link to this podcast. It's available at toyourgoodhealthradio.com and radiomd.com. Check out our podcast library. Share these segments with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media. Uh, sharing is caring. You can subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and keep that gut healthy.